0: In the name of the one true living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. God is always building communities. He brought his people, Israel, out of Egypt and led them to the Promised Land and forged them into a people, into a community, into a nation. God called Israel out of exile in Babylon and said, they will be my people and I will be their God. And God calls each of us into the community of the church, the society of those who believe in Jesus Christ and are called to be saints. And to inspire and to encourage us, God gives us the example of those who are called saints, those who are known to us by name, the Hall of Famers, we might say, but also those quiet, unnamed saints who have no memorial, who perished as though they had not lived. The Hall of Famers have their days on the church calendar. We know their names. They have left a name. that we might declare their praise for the rest those saints known to god alone we have this feast of all saints and next sunday we shall remember the faithful departed those who've died but continue to grow in the knowledge love and service of god until they see him as he is in this reality we call the communion of saints the saint the saints militant here on earth that's us the Church expectant in paradise, the holy souls, and the Church triumphant in heaven, the saints. And because God is always building communities, it is not only fitting that the Church specifically sets aside the Feast of All Saints as a day on which baptisms are particularly important. We make new Christians. We incorporate them into the church and, by extension, into the communion of saints. Now, really, when you boil things down, there are only two theological frameworks, two philosophical frameworks, and all of the world's religions and all of the world's philosophies fit into these two categories. The first is a bottom-up theology, a human-centered theology, where somehow man, male and female man, must get to the gods by his or her own efforts. The ancient Greeks, for instance, believed that by contemplating the gods, one could attain a state of virtue. Or Eastern religions, where one Follows the eightfold path of the Buddha to achieve inner enlightenment. It's the idea that underlies psychologism of self-help books, where one can follow a carefully laid out plan of self-improvement, self-improvement, to achieve perfection. Or the do-goodism of false Christianity that teaches one can earn one ways to salvation by works. You've probably heard that very silly analogy. God is like a mountain, and all different roads lead up to God. That assumes, of course, that we make the roads. In fact, it is God who makes the roads, and they come down the mountain. And we know inside of ourselves that we cannot lift ourselves by our own earlobes. We know that Barbarism is not something behind us, it is something that dwells within us, thinking people know that a beast dwells within and at any moment he might break loose. We have met the enemy, as the saying goes, and he is us. The second is a top-down, God-centered theology where somehow God stoops down to man. God takes the initiative and loves us first, and we respond to that love. At some point in the development of a child, for instance, the child becomes aware that his parents love him. It's not that the parent's love began when the child realizes this, but rather the love was there all along. That's why, incidentally, we don't often understand how mer- much our parents loved us until we ourselves have children. True religion is our response to God's initiative. And this top down, God centered theology is written into the created order. The created order is organized into a fourfold hierarchy first at the bottom, chemicals, then plants, then animals and then human beings. God, of course, is not part of the created order. He is the creator of order, above, beyond, and distinct from his creation. Now, running through the created order, there is this law. Nothing ever mounts to a higher level of being unless the higher comes down to it. Chemicals, phosphates, so on. If they are to become living things, the plant must go down to them, must descend to them. And if the plant could talk, the plant would say, unless you die to yourself, you cannot become part of my plant kingdom. And if you die to this lower existence, you will become living thing. And the plants, if they are to come up higher, the animal goes down to the plant and says, unless you die to yourself, unless you are uprooted from the earth, unless you are ground by the teeth of wild beasts, you cannot be part of my animal kingdom. But if you surrender your lower existence, you will not only be a living thing, you will be a sentient thing. And the animal, if it is to be uplifted, Man must come down and say to the animal, be part of me, die to your lower existence, submit to the fire and the knife, and you will become a thinking, rational creature who can appreciate art and music and science and philosophy. We are all agreed, I think, that this is the way the created order works. But does it stop there? Do chemicals have a right to say, there's no life beyond me? Do plants have a right to say, there is no life above me? Do animals? Does man? There is a higher life above us, and that is God. And if we are to have that higher life, if we are to be lifted up, God in some way must come down to us. And that is what the incarnation is all about. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Son of God became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. The eternal word of God leapt down from the heavens and became flesh. Writing in the fourth century, Saint Athanasius puts it this way, God became man, in order that men might become as gods. God became man in order that you and I might become children of God, not by right of nature like Jesus, who's the only begotten Son of God, but sons and daughters of God, no less by adoption and grace, and were incorporated into God's family, which is the communion of saints. Which brings us, baptism, and let me be crystal clear, baptism is something that God does to us in order that we might be regenerated, that is, born again by water and the Spirit. That is why we baptize not only adults, not only children, but also infants, and this has been the universal practice of the Church Catholic for 2,000 years. Baptism and all the sacraments are not something we do to God, for that would be that discredited, sub-Christian, man-centered, bottom-up theology of which I first spoke. The efficacy of baptism depends not on our emotions, not on us attaining a certain level of maturity, not on us making a choice not on us accruing a certain level of knowledge, but on the objective action of God. Take the Eucharist as another example. The blessed sacrament of the altar is the true body and blood of Christ, not because we feel it is so, but because God has objectively said it is so. A priest is not an icon of the living Christ because he is or is not a good preacher or is or is not a skilled pastor or because you do like him or you don't like him, but because through the sacrament of holy order God has made him such despite all human failures and weaknesses. You get the point. The sacraments are top-down and God-centered. God takes the initiative and we respond. And if we are to have that abundant life that Jesus promises us, if we are to be lifted up, God must come down. And it is through baptism that we are adopted as God's children. And I want you to listen very carefully to that prayer that sums up the baptismal rite. By water and the Holy Spirit, you have bestowed upon these, your servants, the forgiveness of sins and raised them to the new life. Now, if you were to go out into the highways and byways of Texarkana after Mass today and select a hundred people, Christians, mind you, and ask them how they are saved, ask them about the mechanics of salvation, you're going to get a whole bunch of different answers. Some people would say, when you invite Jesus into your heart. Others might say, when you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. But those answers are not sufficient. They are subjective. They are us-centered. We need to say more. We need to say that we are saved in, with, through, and by Jesus, by putting on Christ. What is it St. Paul says? For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ like a garment or to put it another way we are saved by being put into Christ by baptism what happens to him happens to us in the waters of baptism we are buried with Christ in his death by it we and we are raised to new life and reborn by the holy spirit this is the magnitude of this sacrament, God the Father reaches down and raises mere humans from the level of nature to the level of supernature, adopting them as his sons and daughters so that they will become the saints that God calls them to be. To him in procession to the font